0: This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Gamefly.
1: Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. PlayStation. Beyond. Beyond. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beyond episode 513. Uh, my name is Marty Sleva. I'm joined by Andrew Goldfarb. And that's it and that's it this is going <gasps> to be a special uh, beyond uh, fireside chat Ooh. which is something that we Ooh. used to do back in the day yep. uh, the reason there's only two of us here is because everything is kind of crazy yep New, New York Comic Con's happening New York Comic Con's happening uh, Zach and, and Max are shooting a Facebook show uh, Lon and Brian both have some personal stuff going on uh, but these two person fireside chats are sort of a part of beyond history yeah a little more of a, an intimate yeah time. yeah these existed back in the days of, of Greg and Colin and, mm-hmm. and Clements and you were on plenty of them uh, yeah so uh, we decided it's just gonna be the two of us this week uh but we do have uh, a couple really cool things uh to talk about um we're gonna talk about a couple things we've been playing which are super exciting uh one is assassin's creed and one is uh danganronpa v3 yeah uh we're gonna talk about uh how october might be the best month ever for uh, ps plus games Pretty much. um psvr is getting a new model and i'm not sure how we feel about that uh ps4 playstation as a whole now has a new ceo president This is exciting, so we're going to speculate what that might mean. Uh, And then we're going to talk a little bit about PUBG and whether or not uh, PlayStation fans will ever get their hands on it. Yeah, and other indie games. And other indie games. Uh, So yeah, first off, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Let's start (laughs) off with Danganronpa, uh, which if you go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN beyond, you can check out a Let's Play that uh, Andrew, Alana, and I did, which is a very uh, entertaining primer into just what the hell this game is. Yeah, it's completely insane.
0: It is the weirdest... Like it was funny because when we were going in, I was like, "This game's really weird," yeah. and you guys were both like, "All right." Like yeah. I've played word games. No, it's it's ten times weirder than you would think.
1: Yeah, it's uh. So this the the third core game in the series. It's a mm-hmm. visual novel murder mystery that's almost like a uh, take on like battle royale, where there's a bunch of kids trapped in a school, and one by one they start killing each other, and you sort of have to solve who's doing it, a uh, who done it. Exactly, and it's like it's structured. There are kind of three. It starts as a visual novel. It's like very, very text
0: heavy. Uh, and then when you explore, it's, it's almost like a Telltale style. Like you're walking around in first person, uh, identifying points of interest and, and kind of discovering things as you go. But then during the class of trials, it's this weird, almost WarioWare esque, maybe a little longer than that, uh, mini games mm-hmm. that you play that like get you through it. And so it's utterly bizarre. It's the weirdest style of gameplay you can imagine. Um, the ending of that game, obviously no spoilers, but the ending of that game is, going to stick with me for a very very long time it so you is, did finish it i did finish it How this weekend it overall it's probably like 40 hours you, uh, were you playing on vita uh, i played the entire thing on vita yeah you know that yeah i wonder that's like so i fun. was thinking about that i wonder if that's like the last i wonder if that's the last time i will put that much time into a Vita game yeah because i, mean, I honestly know, that might be this is the the vita game i've been waiting for and it's on ps4 it's in 4k it looks yeah. incredible yeah, on it ps4 and it has cross save and everything but Man, I really wanted to play in a Vita. I played the first time on Vita, and like I'm happy to put that time into it. But man, I wonder what else is even coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, and also I don't know. Having played that first that first game, I'm sort of bummed that I missed the train on this earlier, and I want to go back to play the first Angenroth, which you said yep. is much shorter. Yep. Um, but still equally cool, just because like the game has so many really interesting ideas uh and I'm, like you were you were you sort of primed us you're like guys this is weird Lana. We're like yeah, we know weird like it's totally fine <laughs> and we got like 10 minutes in that game and we're like what are these little bears who are these who are these men yeah and why it, is one so extremely sexual
0: I like that it leans into how weird it is sometimes yeah. but yeah there's also like there is that like as much like it is very funny to roll your eyes at yeah. but also like this game's definitely a little
1: more vulgar I think they kind of dialed it up um some of it felt a little like I love swearing some of it felt weirdly out of place yeah yeah like, I kind of agree swearing with that. For swearing's sake.
0: There's one character who is like very, very abrasive and she's like super vulgar and that's like one of her... Like the thing is she's like super, super, super aggressive and then the minute you challenge her, she's like really meek and it's like a weird character thing. So I don't know. There are characters... I actually really like the characters in this for the most part, um, but I do think like it it dialed up some things that it probably didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, like, man, do I love how it all tied together. And like, I, like, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get another Danganronpa game. Like this feels like it could be... Just a trilogy of a very weird game
1: Yeah. Whereas uh, Persona is a series that over time sort of grew to become this you know worldwide phenomenon, like getting stellar reviews. Everyone's talking about it. Like clearly, they're going to go back to a P six after Project ReFantasy. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, the, they claim to be done with Persona. They claim that the new studio, as we shift over to Ellis, they claim that that new studio has other projects even after ReFantasy already in the work. Catherine too. Maybe it is Catherine too. It's Catherine. They teased it. I hope it's Catherine too. Yeah, with Dingrappa, it's so weird because like I don't know if we'll see another one, but like this felt like this feels like the most complete game. Mm-hmm. Like even when you beat it, you unlock all of these like cool like bonus modes, and you can like go back through and like make it into. There's weird this mode that like goes back and lets you kind of replay through without the killing. It mm-hmm. seems like I don't know. I'm really early into that, but I, I like the game quite a bit. I, I really want to talk to someone about the ending because it's yeah, thin.
1: and it's just interesting and different which uh, yesterday Alan and I were playing through the C ending of Nier Automata. And that is one of those things where like when I think about Nier, I don't I didn't really enjoy the act of playing it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the combat's great, despite the fact that Platinum worked on it. Uh, I think it's sort of ugly. And I think a lot of the stuff you do is monotonous. But the more I think about that game, the story, the presentation, the ideas, and just like the way it, it it's a game that could only be a game. Like yeah. it has so many elements that if you turn it into an anime or a book or a TV show wouldn't work because so much of it mm. has to do with your interaction with it and you as the player and sort of concepts of 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 AI and sentience and everything. Um, I like that a lot. Wow, yeah. what a cool,
0: what a smart way to think about it. Like, yeah, I, I think that actually makes a lot. Of
1: and sense. yeah, I don't know. Do you have any? Like, we were talking about games that you like to think about more than play. And Alana was talking about Majora's Mask, where it's a game yeah. that on paper she loves, but playing it is the, the 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 time mechanic is a little bit tedious
0: i mean any cinematic game like either of the newer tomb raiders or last of us or bioshock infinite like you like man do i love the last of us and man do i love those tomb raider reboots but when you actually go back and try and replay them you find yourself sort of just playing through to get to the next cut scene sure. i think um and some of the combat and exploration can get a little bit repetitive mm-hmm. um so it depends on the game but yeah I, that's a really good point too like thinking about I think that's what's weird about an interactive medium is like a lot of like you look at an episode of a telltale game and it's like whatever, two, three hours. Mm -hmm. But like when you go to like a 40 hour game, especially when you're talking about revisiting it, like it doesn't I think it's flaws kind of are more apparent.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of games like Last of Us is perfect to where like I adore The Last of Us and I think about it all the time and I I hold it up to a really high pinnacle, but I hold its moments and its story and how it made me feel up to that pinnacle. Whereas I don't think the game is necessarily fun. Like I don't want to go back. I don't think it has that bungee, you know, Halo slash Destiny twenty second loop which they sort of perfected and that's like the, that's the drug that keeps dripping in your system through the IV. Like that's not what The Last of Us is to me. The Last of Us is a thing that I experienced once and I'm sort of fine with experience once. Yeah, Like I'm excited for the Last of Us too. And I love Left Behind, but like... I maybe I'll replay the first Last of Us. I probably will before too because I'm sure there'll be some nods that I forgot in the five years in between them or whatever. Especially but. like returning characters. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Totally. I've been meaning to do that too. Yeah. Um, so talking the game I've been playing, which we can talk about now because the preview embargoes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to put about four hours into Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, uh, which is super exciting. It's really good, and it is definitely a game that falls in the uh, in the the Bungie Destiny camp of uh, it's about the moments, and I had fun playing. The, the, the four hours to me was about the moment to moment, like sort of it, it, it threw us. It was near ish, I think, the middle of the game. And, and Ubisoft always does this with the final preview event for these games, you know, a month before they come out where it's just like, uh, go nuts. Here's a giant chunk of the map. It's open. All the side quests are here. You have a mainline story quest you could do, but just go do other stuff. Um, and so I definitely did that. Like I finished the main story, which was interesting and I don't want to spoil, but it had a really cool, um, a really cool sort of twist to it that also puts you in like a scenario that I thought was really cool that I hadn't seen in a game before like it does it introduces a concept in a story and then all of a sudden you're forced to live that concept in a really cool way Mm. Um, but then the moment to moment stuff it is it's funny it's it it, I think this is just becoming a thing that is going to happen to a lot of open world games this generation but it's totally these games are becoming sort of single player MMOs and they're taking that uh loot drop, you know, purple, gold, green, exotics, rares, legendaries that that MMO's been doing forever, that uh, World of Warcraft's been doing forever, and I feel like the first single player game I can remember doing that was Darksiders 2 where it felt like a single-player yeah. MMO. Or, yeah, and it's like, obviously, like Borderlands, you can play by yourself, yeah. but it's like you also have that option of like yeah. Teaming up. Yeah, um, and then now it's obviously huge in Destiny 2, Shadow of Wars leaning into that, but uh, Assassin's Creed definitely leans into it in a really cool way. Like, I loved running around that world and slowly upgrading Bayek like the the skill tree is just super diverse and it's totally like do you want to just like lean super heavily into melee do you want all traversal do you want to upgrade the fact that you can poison people from the dark um and then Every five minutes, I felt like I was getting a new weapon or item or piece of gear that was slowly, like incrementally increasing my stats. Which I think that's one of the things that really hooked me about Destiny was that, like, it felt like that initial curve, especially to 260, 280, felt like every 10 minutes I was making progress towards that goal. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Egypt- that, that that is addictive, too. Like, yeah. I think even to some extent, Breath of the Wild has
0: yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I think that sense of like progression. Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed's always been really good about like getting you through a story or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like. The last game I remember, what was it, two that lets you like build out your villa and everything? Yeah, yeah. Like that felt like you could customize it, but you weren't customizing your character at all. No, no. And and so I like that, like, this feels like such a natural evolution because. Like Syndicate gave you more freedom, and like little by little, they've been getting there. But now, this is like you still have all that freedom of exploration. But this
1: is the first time it feels like they're letting you customize character stuff. Customized characters, and everything has like these you, you constantly have these sub goals that are rooted inside main missions or even side quests. Um, and I think that's one of, the, like one of the things that really stuck with me persona is that you are constantly, yeah, you're moving through the story, but. <laughs> You're moving through the story, but you are constantly being like, oh, in this little chunk of free time, I was upping my charm or my mm-hmm. charisma. And in this chunk of free time, I was uh, increasing a social link with on. And so it felt like everything you were doing was moving you in a forward direction in one of a thousand different ways. And it comes at the cost pointed of something like, else. Yeah, totally.
0: And I think that's like why in Destiny or anything else, it's like when you – undertake like when you're like i'm gonna go for this gun yeah. via this mission like you're you're not spending your time doing something
1: else yes. where you could up something else. yeah you're not mining for resources you're not doing a yeah. raid you're not running the nightfall um but yeah assassin's creed uh and i love egypt as a setting it's something that like we haven't gotten we haven't there hasn't really been a game that's big and taking it seriously. Yeah. Like you get these fake Egypt levels in like Mario 64 and Gobi Desert in Banjo-Kazooie, yeah. but I wouldn't really say like Banjo-Kazooie couldn't have a mode that uh, you know, it's the discovery mode or they take all the enemies out of the Egypt level and let you like learn about mummification <laughs> and the sphinx could. which is a dog.
0: <laughs> I mean, I do love, I guess we should talk about that. Like I love that they're doing that discovery mode because I think they're finally leaning into like I love the historical kind of it's obviously not real like it's revision of history sure. obviously but like I think it's really cool that they have this kind of like smart historical fiction vibe going where they're taking real events and weaving them mm-hmm. in and so like why not make an education mode Yeah, I and they've always had cool real,
1: real it. historical figures mm-hmm. like obviously it was caricatures of someone like Leonardo da Vinci but this game has Cleopatra and Ptolemy and I don't know it's cool if, if this is a way kids are going to learn about things like I'm all yeah. for that Agreed. Um, cool so yeah that's what we have been playing I've uh, been playing some other stuff too that we can't talk about quite yet but we should be able to talk about next week i played quite a bit of something over the weekend that i liked a lot um but we will talk about that next week show um can you yeah you can talk about that next week right? yeah next week i thought it was two weeks but it's next week. Oh, cool hello there would you like to save money and play more video games well let me introduce you to our sponsor
0: gamefly gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games at gamefly.com you pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox GameFly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees, so if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Go to GameFly.com slash farbeyond and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again,
1: by visiting GameFly.com slash farbeyond. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Before we get into the news, just a quick PSA is that uh if you haven't seen October's Games of Gold is incredible and when we said it's possibly the best month ever, we're not lying. There's a couple small games. Uh number 2 on it is the Amnesia Collection, which is great if you haven't played uh these uh, Amnesia and then a Machine for Pigs, you should. They're really smart, really good first-person survival horror games. Uh obviously October is a perfect month for that, so check yep. those out. Uh and then the biggest one, which is possibly the best game ever given away in either of the free services is Metal Gear Solid 5. Uh, The Phantom Pain,
0: yeah, and it's really it's especially crazy when you step back and think about all the free PlayStation Plus games and how good this catalog is. Mm -hmm. If you've been getting everything, but like, yeah, this feels like this is probably the biggest game since they gave away like Uncharted, I guess. Yeah, like I, I can't I can't think of a longer, better, especially like if you play through Phantom Pain and then like want to jump into anything else. Like this is such a good opportunity for even like a brand new PS4 owner.
1: Yeah. And when you look at like Phantom Pain's in our it's it's still, I think, in our top five uh top of top twenty-five PS4 games. And yep. we've never gotten Bloodborne for free or Witcher mm-hmm. for free or GTA 5 for free or The Witness for free. Um and so this is a game and Phantom Pain can, can last you well over a hundred hours if you if you you know want to put the time into it. And the fact that it's coming out now, like, is almost like it's uh, it's like i wish this was like a june thing yeah where it's like oh for summer i could just burn through this game the entire time but instead it's like well october also has you know looking across all the platforms we have cup and forza and shadow of war and yep. call of Duty's coming up and then you have mario uh, wolfenstein mario wolfenstein assassins, assassin's yeah. gta or gt sport so yeah. um it's just sort of a a, a wealth of riches which is cool i mean it's also just if you can't play it yet just download it for, if you haven't played it just hit the download button it's in your library forever and then come back to it in january after you whenever you games. want yeah.
0: yeah it's also like a pretty smart pr move by konami to like be like hey don't forget metal gear yeah like eventually like like they've been really suspiciously quiet about survive but it's, yeah it's like, out there we
1: expected <laughs> to hear from it at tokyo game show and we didn't uh Maybe we'll hear about it at the end of the month, which I guess that's another PSA is that on uh, the uh, 8 a.m. Pacific time Mm -hmm. on Monday, October 30th, as part of Paris Games Week, Sony's going to have a big media briefing where they've promised the only thing they promise is new PlayStation 4 and PSVR games. Yeah, and I feel like like they like to kind of keep it to the ecosystem they're in. So like, I obviously
0: think we'll finally hear about Dreams because like Europe is meanwhile. I feel here. like
1: predicting Dreams is your version of what studio. Is this finally <laughs> what the is finally going to be year? studio. Ben Ben's doing? Ben's yeah, game. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's a really safe bet that we'll get that. I think obviously more stuff on Detroit. Maybe maybe we get a Date finally. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I would say probably not Metal Gear being a Japanese
0: game. right? Yeah, and I think they really do want to lean into first party stuff. Like I can see them doing. Maybe a God of War update. Like, it feels early for that in Spider-Man. And Maybe they also, that for PSX.
1: Yeah, that's the other big thing is, like, PSX is coming a month later at the beginning of December. And that's where, like, I don't know. I'm expecting big just, like, God of War, Spider-Man, like, yeah. big updates on these games. I don't think we're going to hear from The Last of Us 2 or Death Stranding for the rest of the year. I agree with that. I yeah. think both of those are E3 games that we see next year.
0: Yeah, I think they have to be. I mean, Sony does this weird thing where, like, they, they crowd themselves into this weird corner where... It's it's obviously the very end of October when they do that, and then PSX is five weeks later. Yeah. So they can't really like they can't double up, and yeah. there's not really a ton of crazy stuff happening in between. My guess is maybe they,
1: like a uh, the Horizon DLC comes out like two weeks after that. So yeah. Maybe Frozen Wilds. That's, that's a big
0: Frozen Wilds thing. That's yeah. I think like the sure bets are that Detroit and Dreams. Yeah. I would say, and then maybe either God of War, Spider Man, and whichever one's not there is that PSX. Yeah. And then, yeah, Last of Us feels like a PSX move to me. Yeah. Do
1: you think we'll see Wild again? That's a French game.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Could, well, is he really good? Is Michel Ancel really going to show two of his games in the same year? That would <laughs> that would be like world ending, I think. Yeah, that would be really cool if, if he came the apocalypse. Man, I would love to see another UB Art game.
0: Like, I hope somewhere in Montpellier someone's making like a
1: cool, yeah, pretty art game. I really hope so. Like, I wonder if those can still exist alongside the, the games as a service, which has clearly been working with them with The Division and with Rainbow Six Siege and with uh, Wildlands. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a fascinating year for
0: Ubisoft because yeah. obviously Assassins is back, which is like, oh, they're back on their train or whatever. But their their
1: other games are more experimental than I think I really have stopped and thought about. Yeah, and then uh, early next year on uh, February, we're getting Far Cry. Crazy. Oh, very exciting. Uh, so to jump into the news, as we mentioned, uh, there is a new PSVR model mm-hmm. that uh, Sony announced yesterday. As you put here... C-U-H-Z VR 2. The Couser Virtue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it has, quote, uh, an updated design that enables the stereo headphone cables to be integrated within the VR headset uh, for a slimmer streamlined connection cable. Uh, it also has a new processor unit that will HDR pass. Uh, so Brian Altano is very happy that he no longer has to unplug his PS4 Pro from his PSVR And put it in. But he's not happy because he bought the other one that doesn't do this. Yeah. So the thing about (laughs) this is the cables in PSVR are not modular. None Mm. of this is modular. So if you were a big Sony fan and were an early adopter to PSVR and PS4 Pro like Brian was, um, it's sort of a slap in the face that now that major problem can be fixed for people who decide to adopt a year in. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think like the reality of buying
0: tech early is that that yeah. happens. Like I feel like being an early adopter, you know, that's the risk. And I think Sony, like they like doing this, like with their non major hardware stuff. Like, I mean, if you look at what they've done with PSP and what they've done with Vita, like you get kind of not even necessarily major redesigns, but you get kind of subtle things that change yeah. certain ideas. Like obviously the Vita Slim switched to an proprietary charging port and like yeah. the battery life is better, but it lost that OLED screen. So I think you kind of. This is a weird example where like I don't see any benefit to being to being an early adopter. Yeah. Like there weren't like now if you buy it right now, this is you're going to get a better headset. Exactly. It's a better headset. It has easier features to be compatible yeah. with with modern tech. And now there's such a good library of and games. And it's cheaper. Now. And it's cheaper. So it's like all across the board. Like I think being an early adopter in this case wasn't super great.
1: Yeah. But, like, And I don't want to sound too negative because that's like you mentioned. That's just tech. Mm-hmm. As a as a whole was a designed obsolescence where like yeah. you know th- that's anyone who's ever owned an iPhone that's the exact same thing is if you buy an iPhone hey a year later there's going to be a better one for the exact same price yep Like that's just just how it is that's yeah. just how it is and like, it's if if you're lucky it's a year yeah I feel totally. like
0: that cycle is smaller and smaller but I think this is like a good. Hey, we didn't forget about VR move. Yeah. My fear is that like this feels like a 1.5. Like oh, totally. I I would imagine there is a this more feels like robust. 1.2. Yeah,
1: hopefully. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Like I feel like there's got to be a more robust plan for PSVR. If or yeah. maybe they just abandon it, but like if they're serious about this being a major pillar, they have, they need some kind of game
1: changer. I think I would love since for for PlayStation Four, you don't need to. I mean, they sort of have a roadmap where like they reveal a game a couple of years before it comes out, but they don't need to show in a timeline what we're getting for the next five years because we know we're going to get cool stuff. Yep. like we've been PlayStation fans for the last you know twenty two years or whatever, yeah. so we're fine. We we trust them with PSVR like. Maybe they do need to do a roadmap thing in the same way Marvel did with like, here's a timeline of all of our movies coming out until 2020. And yeah, a bunch of that changed because the Inhumans got canceled and turned into a bad TV show. But like, uh, here's here's what our plan is. Like, maybe they need to be like, hey, so this is what's happening. We plan for this many games. We are partnering with these third parties. This first party studio is working on a thing that's going to come out in fall of 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think the insane thing right
0: now, the problem that they have and that VR has as a whole is that we're just so early. And I think like... Unless they somehow make a version, like it can't, obviously, but unless they somehow make a version of this that's ninety-nine dollars, I don't think they can get momentum. Because I think if if they get on stage and they say the next God of War is PSVR only, like that's crazy, and would get some people to buy it, I still don't think it's gonna sell forty million units or yeah. anything. Like I think that they're to this point where the people who want to jump on the vr train are there and i think like they're like like brian and and many other people who have vr headsets vive or oculus but especially Mm -hmm. psvr are happy with it and like they're i don't meet that many people who regret the purchase or anything but i don't think there's really a good incentive to make like me pick one up or to make anyone else especially like if you don't have the money like if you have a ps4 already and you have the choice between psvr or just getting an xbox one or switch like Honestly, I think right now the way better move is to buy a different console.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of people even in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond, which yep. is where we get a lot of our questions for rapid fire from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think someone like mentioned like, hey, I have some, some cash to burn. Should I get a PSVR or a Switch? And I was like, you should probably get a Switch. Like, yeah. honestly, I think both like what's on there now with breath of the wild and in a couple of weeks Mario Odyssey and then what it has in store for the future i'm way more confident in it than psvr and while i think vr is really cool like switch is going to be around for a while i don't know if the support's going to be there for vr at least not next in its year.
0: current form like yeah. i think that vr as an overall thing is going to be something. Like, I do think that they, there's a good idea. There's a kernel of a really smart, like, this is the way to change what games are and how we perceive yep. them. But I don't think that bulky headset is it yet. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it is like, I think the problem, they're kind of in this word catch 22, where I think like people like me are like, Oh, we need a big premium experience on VR. I want a 40 hour game. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play a 40 hour yeah. game in VR. I think like, maybe they should shift to the other direction. Like they announced the Neko
1: Cat Sim VR yeah, thing, yeah, and then they at, announced the, the Sony the Sony Singing Pal, the music thing, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like maybe you go smaller, yeah. I but mean, it, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's again like, do I want to spend three hundred, four hundred dollars buying
1: one of these things yeah. so I can play a bunch of bite sized experiences? I mean, if the right, if it's the right properties and the right studios working on it, maybe if yeah. I'm promised that once every other month I'm getting something from a triple a, either first party Sony developer or a partner developer. If every month I'm getting, it's like, Oh, uh, uh they, there is a, uh, last guardian experience. or there's an uncharted experience or a, out of war experience or if like you know Capcom and Activision you know which they did at launch they were like hey here's the Batman VR game and then here is Resident Evil 7 in VR and here is Star Wars Battlefront I think that's what they need like they
0: the Tomb Raider one like is the only VR thing that's actually made me sick so maybe it's a bad example but I think if they had for every major game if like in the way that Microsoft with Xbox Live part of the reason that achievements took off is because they were required yes you had to have them they had to follow a style guide like I think ultimately, like, maybe it's time for Sony, at least in first party, to just promise a VR experience with... Every, like, imagine
1: Shadow of the Colossus having a crazy VR thing yeah. in it where you can look up... at Like, it doesn't have to be crazy. Like, Could you imagine the sense of scale of, exactly. like, looking up at literally any of the Colossus? Just, like, the first one. Just do the first one, exactly. Yeah. And, like, it
0: doesn't have to be any more robust than, like, letting me walk around a small space and look up at it. But I think Uncharted is the same way. Like, let me just walk around Drake's house. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to be any more robust than, like, it's a cool bonus feature. But I think... That's the way you slowly trickle people in. Yeah. And I think honestly, like part of it is that they're just not giving it, like, yeah, there are tiny experiences coming out and like every single week there's something yeah. on PSVR, but they need it to be more reliable and more exciting, I think. Yeah.
1: Like when we talk about how awesome the Sony exclusives have been this year already, um, which it was a little bit front loaded to be per- yeah. uh, perfectly honest, but like imagine if Gravity Rush and Horizon and mm-hmm. uh, Persona all had, uh, and and lost legacy all had something in vr like in persona you could like go to wander around the cafe or go to crossroads or go to the school um in horizon if you could just view models of all the dinos in vr and just sort of like it just looks like it's in a museum like that would be so cool and if that was accompanied with all these games i feel like Especially all these games I'm already buying. Like, if that was exactly. with them, I would totally buy a PSVR. And then that gets them in people's houses. And then you can start selling them solo things. And
0: I think that's exactly. I think that's, it's like that weird, like Trojan horse idea of like, I want to do this small thing. I mean, like, I, I understand why something like Persona or any like small team, it's yeah, going to be hard to this game that's been delayed like a hundred times to yeah. get like a thing like that in it. But first party has the resources. And like, if Sony, I think the weird spot Sony's in right now and why I'm kind of glad they had a shake up in senior management is because. It feels like they don't think enough about ecosystem things right now. I think like they have this incredible momentum and PS4, like they can just stop and let third party stuff come and it would do great. But like, I hope that at some level they're looking at all of their first party initiatives as like an in tandem thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's part of what happened at the Vita. They made a couple novelty, high profile games and they kind of let it die. Yeah. And I think you have to kind of build in that support all the way through. And, And PSVR is such a good supplement mm-hmm. to the major games and i think you nailed it it's the stuff that i'm buying anyway like if i'm the biggest uncharted fan and i played uncharted 4 and then i played lost legacy and i knew that both of them had extra stuff that mm-hmm. i would get with a headset or like horizon gravity rush like all of these first party games shout out the colossus are such a perfect like all of those worlds are so cool and mm-hmm. robust even days gone like yeah. any of the things they have coming up like I can totally see them coming up with small, cute little VR things that just give me 35, 40 minutes of of something extra to do. I don't know why they haven't done that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you nailed it where it's we see the same thing at work where you put a lot of time and effort into something, you launch it, and then if you don't get immediate amazing results, you start questioning it and you start being like, well, did we put our resources in the right place? Should we focus on what the surefire bets are? Like. I don't know. It's really tough when when time and money is on the line to stick with something for the long haul if it's not working out well. And sometimes you do revisit those things and you're like, oh man, the thing that launched with only like 20,000 views six months later had like 400,000. So like sometimes things are the long run. Like sometimes you know rainbow six siege launches and to sort of like lackluster fanfare and then all of a sudden it just keeps getting better and better because they're willing to stick with it yeah even Um, destiny one is like a great example totally yeah and uh i think that's totally ps uh like vita was never able to catch up with what nintendo was doing and and then the mobile market just sort of changed and and it was sort of left by the wayside and i hope that's not the case with vr and you know maybe this coupled with them promising they're going to be announcing some stuff at uh, at the end of the month at paris uh is you know a sign of that
0: yeah and i mean like they still have a great chance like i mean if you if you build this stuff into like we said shout out the classes but man gt sport obviously already has mm-hmm. major vr integration like follow that model like i mean let's see what they can do with dreams dreams has always been a great candidate for for vr support yep. i think uh god of war has such a beautiful fully detailed world that it's like why not just add something cool like maybe maybe not in the shot of the colossus level but i think even just looking up at giant god of war monsters would be cool totally
1: and even maybe lean into uh, a lot of people want these like forgotten ps1 and ps2 franchises to come back maybe that's how you lean into them maybe there's yeah. a instead of making a full-fledged 60 dollar medieval game maybe there's a medieval vr thing or jumping flash or uh parapa you know like maybe that's how you Get these things instead of you know uh, allocating a hundred million dollars to to make a triple A game. That'd be cool. Uh, so yeah shifting a bit as you mentioned before Sony has had some uh, management changes up at the top you had uh, Adam boys leaving a little while ago you had Shuhei so- uh, sort of shifting a role and the newest one is that uh, Andrew House has stepped down uh, as the president slash CEO uh, which he has been since 2011 mm-hmm. uh, Andrew House you probably have seen him on stage at various major announcements yeah he does like the really big stuff so yeah. like the, not the, the PS4 Layton. reveal yeah, yeah exactly he's
0: he's a, a nice British man who's mm-hmm. also fluent in Japanese so like yeah. you see him at he's shows up their tgs conferences a lot Uh, he was there at the ps4 pro event Mm -hmm. he was there the original ps4 but he's not usually on stage
1: at e3 for example Um, and so uh, the new president and ceo is a man named john cadera who has led sony's network service businesses since uh, 2013 and played a pivotal role in its growth yeah Uh, like i'm not really familiar with him to be totally honest it's it's a name i've heard and i know about a year
0: ago he got a big promotion when So, like, the extremely quick version of that history is that there was always Sony Computer Entertainment, um, which was split into uh, SCEA, SCEE, SCEJ, like, all around the world. Uh, They recently just put everything collapsed into one. So network services and game development and everything under Worldwide Studios all became Sony Interactive Entertainment, which is one huge company that's based here in San Mateo. And that entire organization uh, was under Andrew House and is now under John Cadera. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it's a little... A bit of a confusing org, yeah. but kind of everything reports up into one thing now. And um John Cadera, about a year ago, because that that reorg only happened, I think a year year and a half ago yeah. or so. And so he got promoted up when that happened. Um, maybe that was grooming him. Like maybe this was planned all along. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of a weird unclear situation. But Andrew House guided them from kind of a maybe not even in terms of numbers, but in terms of perception. PS3 was in like a solid second place yeah. last gen into the powerhouse that ps4 is so like on some level leadership is going great (laughs) you know like i I don't know what the internal politics are maybe andrew house just wanted to step down but like he had a good run you know oh yeah nothing but a a great few years yeah
1: i don't see this as this isn't that everything's on fire i mean clearly look at sales everything's not on fire uh i mean doing something since 2011 six six years is a long time uh yeah. so yeah i totally understand uh and he's staying on as chairman through the end of the year yeah. and i think he's out after that yeah. but i mean it's just interesting
0: i think sony right now they're decisively in first place but a little bit of what we were just talking about they just need vision i think yeah. that it is definitely time to like i obviously i'm sure they're deep into these conversations but like whatever's going to happen with ps5 it's like how do you not if you look at ps2 And then they were on top and then they fell, you know, in the PS3 generation. It just happened to Microsoft going from 360 to Xbox One. Like, how do you stay on top when generations shift? I think it's a really hard proposition that not many companies have been able to name.
1: And also, you're staying on top, like, nintendo's doing something weird this generation yeah nintendo this isn't isn't the same horse race like nintendo all of a sudden is like what animal are you riding (laughs) like we're both on horses what are you on um and so yeah that is a really interesting thing of like i imagine a ps5 reveal is going to happen probably in 2019 i don't think it's next year but i think 2019 and maybe a 2020 release Mm -hmm. um so yeah obviously the talks are already in that like you had the avalanche that just caused developers uh mentioned that they were hiring for someone for next generation consoles so like, like cyberpunk. Death
0: Stranding and a lot of like the yeah. really far away things I maybe even Last of Us 2 I don't know like there, there are certain things I feel like we've already seen in the way that we saw Watch Dogs and it was very clearly not going to be a 360 yeah. game I think that we are moving into this era where developers are thinking about it and yeah. like the you know the tech that's in ps4 you know was was in r&d in 2012 the system came out in 2013 like it's, it's getting old yeah and like in te- we were just talking about that right like in technology that's a lifetime
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh that part is interesting and then going back to uh i don't know if this, uh, this is interesting to us like honestly like let us know in the the, the comments of the youtube video or on uh, our facebook group like are people interested in the sort of behind the scenes who runs these companies? Because I feel like it wasn't until like seven-ish, eight, nine years ago when, you know, honestly, through the help of Greg and Colin, people figured out who Shuhei was and Shuhei sort yeah. of became this prominent figure. And then Nintendo started putting Reggie at the forefront. And then after the Don Matrick era, uh, Phil Spencer became the the, the vision associated with uh, Xbox. Like, it's it's interesting how they now like position these people as as these are the humans you associate with these brands yeah it's such a weird thing because like i think
0: sony to some degree has always done that like i i think like i like yeah the jack trenton days exactly like if you look at 2006 like it's all casarii like it's all the like you know like all all those memes that came from that that press conference um and they put jack trenton front and center but i i think you're totally right i think that's become more of a expectation I, i think it's why even nintendo directs in the absence of Owada, have been really interesting because it's like who do you get
1: to to be on them? You know, yeah, and, and they, I think everyone's kind of looking for their figurehead. Yeah, Nintendo's done an interesting job to where like uh, you know Miyamoto has, has sort of taken a step back and is in the the advisor role, which you've been. You've created yeah. this industry, you could totally do that. Yeah. But like you have guys like Koizumi and then mm-hmm. like the Splatoon kids, uh, kids they're probably older than me, but like <laughs> that like younger generation of, of developers that they're I yeah. yeah. like they're probably like forty-five, <laughs> those children. Um yeah, so I was excited that's interesting. I always uh find like who they position as like the voice and the champion, like Geo was the champion of of Vita. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's I don't know, like to to some extent because I was so used to
0: how things were, like it's always weird to be seeing Sean Layden pop yeah. out, and and I think this most recent three was the first time, and I was just like, oh, it's Sean Layden and I got used to him, you know. And Shu wasn't out at all. Yeah, and so yeah, it's like weird. it's an interesting shift. Yeah, um, I'm I'm always fascinated watching kind of the the political behind the scenes side of of PlayStation because obviously there are a lot of very very smart people in that company trying to make sure that things keep going.
1: Yeah, and uh, just piggybacking off of that, talking about a, a, a shift, um, we mentioned this a little bit. PAX where PAX had uh, major indie events from Sony and from Microsoft. Or, or from Nintendo, Nintendo and yeah. Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing missing was a Sony event. And we were talking about how, man, a couple years ago, like when Sony had on stage they had they had Transistor on stage at E3 or at, yeah, on their and they had just a lineup yeah. of indies with like secret it Punches. and all these games.
0: There like. used to be literally the middle third of their press conferences were just indies. Mm-hmm. And I remember what was it, Gamescom twenty 13 was the year when they revealed rhyme and when when they just had all they had like an entire incredible indie section that showed that that was going to be a major push for them on ps4 and it
1: was yeah (laughs) but i feel like now the tides have kind of turned yeah i mean i feel like we don't have those like they don't have the the sort of incubation stuff where stuff like sound shapes and unfinished swan come out and we got yeah finch but that's just giant sparrow and annapurna doing and even like major
0: like, you know, like those, like, there, there's really no mid-tier in the game industry yeah. anymore. Like, THQ fell out and, like, you're seeing this guy. Kind of, I guess Deep Silver's kind of close, but you kind of only see. Indie or AAA. Yeah. And there's, there's very little middle ground. I think the middle ground has been replaced by kind of high profile indies. So like Firewatch yeah. and, and things like
1: that. And I think even something like Hellblade, which is a relatively yeah. small team, which doesn't look indie at all. Like that looks like, you know, AAA as, yeah. as hell, but like. Or oh like God, Brothers cool. or. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and any of those things, or not Brothers, um, a way out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think you're seeing games that like kind of fill this niche and sony was really good about securing those for a while and i feel like that's you're seeing that less and less
1: yeah and uh case in point like one the biggest game on the planet right now is uh PUBG, g player knows battlegrounds mm-hmm. uh and uh we had this you know uh, microsoft talked about it at e3 and uh you know we have the game in theory coming to xbox one later this year and then people are like so is this ever going to come to PS4? Because that would make sense. There's a giant install base. Uh, So this week, Bluehole's founder said that he has, quote, uh, has had some talks with all of the major console companies and is specifically, quote, in talks with Sony. Uh, But today, Bloomberg reported that Microsoft is likely to extend the extended uh, exclusivity period, quote, until the middle of next year or longer. Yeah, and like I know you guys are going to get into
0: this, on unlock tomorrow yeah. i'm sure from some of the the microsoft side of it i think from the sony side it's like why are you not fighting harder you yeah know? and it's like who knows right like i don't know what's happening behind the scenes. maybe microsoft's but it's like,
1: war chest is just so big and they're like hey we're going you're a small studio we're going to give you just carte blanche
0: yeah and I, maybe that's what it is i mean i just I, the last time i remember really seeing sony fight was no man's sky because like there was that flood and i think it was microsoft gave them money and then sony kind of poached them away and they became a ps4 exclusive and we all know how that worked out but like i don't know if that left a bad taste in their mouth or something Mm -hmm. like if the whole no man's sky fiasco and maybe that's why they're shying away from indies but it's just such a weird fascinating shift Mm -hmm. because i like player battlegrounds could not be bigger it's it's Mm -hmm. the biggest game on steam literally right now and so like it coming to console could be huge for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not enough to, to turn the tides or anything, but I'm I'm just surprised. It 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 is really weird having kind of stepped back and, and been in the industry. Like we've only been in the industry since PS3 RS. Yeah. So it, it's not, you know, it's not like we have like this long storied history of watching the tides turn. I think this is the most in the middle of it, I felt for a long yeah. time. Like I feel like when we are in the the PS5 Xbox Two era, I think we uh, <laughs> will look back on this as as kind of a, a pivotal moment Important in the same moment. way that yeah.
1: that you know um, XBLA was for, yeah. for 360. And, you know, it, it's. I think it's just because Sony has a finite amount of resources, and they are focusing heavily on aligning themselves with giant third-party games that are coming to everything, but yeah. messaging it to where the best place to play it is on PlayStation. Started the year off with Resident Evil Seven, yep. uh, Destiny Two is is that uh, we know. Battlefront Two is that we know. Call of Duty is that. Nixon, and next know, year, Fart Red Dead. Dry, Red Dead. Yeah, yeah. We just got the Red Dead. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the Red Dead trailer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What, what did you think about the Red Dead trailer?
0: uh I liked it. I. I wish it was longer. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm excited they confirmed the prequel. I think that's a smarter way to go as much as I would love to see what happened next in in kind of the aftermath of Red Dead Redemption. I think there isn't a lot to do there. I think this story is more
1: interesting. Well, it's also what happens next after Red Dead. The whole thing about the first about Red Dead Redemption is that it's about the death of the West and it's about the world was taking the next step into the future. So I'm like at a certain point, it's not a Western anymore. You just yeah. like, you're sort of in the, like it, it, the game took place in 1911. Like you're about to hit world war one. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the thing. Like
0: if you play as Marston's son in like the early 1920s or something, like that's you, like
1: you, literally like what is this post? Like this takes place after <laughs> battlefield one. Yeah. Like yeah, I think, you're not cowboys anymore.
0: I think it puts you in a weird era. I think this is really interesting and, and it has that prequel problem. It, you know, that Star Wars problem of like, we know where these people know what happens to Dutch. Yeah.
1: He throws himself off a cliff. I'm yeah. almost
0: wondering, um, obviously pure speculation Is that a spoiler i mean it, it's been quite a while since it's been, it's Red since Dead.
1: if it was i apologize
0: i wonder if they are going to do any framing device or epilogue or something hinting yeah. at post red dead like even if they did like that better call saul style like better call saul begins every season with something that takes place after breaking yeah Bad. it's like in black and white yeah. yeah and it's like i don't know like m- maybe not maybe they don't need to but i i would imagine People at Rockstar somewhere in the back of their minds know I mean, where that story goes. Yeah,
1: like Marston has to be in the game. Like you see Dutch, yeah. you see Billy Williamson in the shot of the, and three they have dudes that line, walking. that line of like, "We need one more gun." Yeah, yeah. you're like. That has to be a lot of people are expecting because this this uh, new protagonist is just in this trailer straight up a bad guy. Yeah, nothing he does is redeeming. He doesn't seem like an antihero. And so people are like, oh, maybe it's you play as him in the first act and then Marston guns him down and then you play as like a young John Marston, you know, back in the good old days with with the old Dutch gang.
0: It's so crazy that Rockstar can just stop the world from turning like it's like such insane thing that like they didn't announce a date. And you know so many publishers are like, ah, oh, damn it. Just tell us. Like, yeah. Everyone needs to move away. The th- yeah. like, like the second they're like, it's out of March 30th, everyone has to scatter. So
1: wait, so that's the thing. There, there's two different, it says spring. Mm. And so a lot of people are like, it has to be out before the end of March to meet this fiscal quarter. But then there's other people who said on a take two earnings call, they said that they were expecting it for fiscal year 2019. 2019, yeah. Which I, would mean April 1st, April 1st to, or later to
0: I mean, it's Rockstar, right? Like, yeah. if, if Rockstar has it done in March, it'll come out in March, but I don't, I can't But if Rockstar's, like,
1: we're releasing uh, on October 2nd, they like, yep, yes.
0: Exactly, and that's the whole thing. Like, I think 2K's in a weird spot where, like, like NBA does fine for them, obviously, but, like, they had a very quiet year, and so I, I'm sure Take-Two would love a Rockstar game yeah. to end up in this fiscal year, but the thing is, if it's not, then next year's really good. Yeah. And then and they get to talk about their 400% increase. Yeah, order.
1: and I mean, last year, you had the the, the really big, 2k stuff come out with uh, battleborn and with uh, mafia 3 we just didn't have those single player media things we know we're and, not getting another evolve and i think those are big on paper but they didn't oh totally do yeah that's for, what i meant like yeah, the things that are yeah. meant to be big and so now you have to imagine like borderlands 3 is clearly in development that's possibly next year maybe not maybe something with bioshock is happening maybe we get a mafia 4 um but i think like this is like this is bread and butter
0: yeah, I think they need it. I guess I should say full disclosure that I worked for Gearbox for a year. Uh But no, I I think that I, I'm looking at kind of the roadmap for Take-Two. And like, if I'm Strauss Zelnick, I'm looking at yep. that and saying, man, it would be nice to have it right now. But at least next year, we know we have a surefire hit. Yeah. It's also the, as completely insane as it sounds, like the continued sales of GTA V are making them enough money that... Honestly, they might even be on par with, like, a Mafia 3 or a yeah. Battleborn, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, I don't know if that's true. But I mean, like,
1: it's literally still in the top 10 of NPD, and the game came out in September 2013.
0: A little bit of behind-the-scenes IGN. We, we have this article. It's, I think, the what, top 25 Game Boy Advance games or top yeah. 100, whatever top it is. Top 25 Game Boy Advance games. That article consistently performs for us ahead of brandy stuff yeah. and it is such a consistent earner like a consistent like traffic bringer that it's like something that we always just look at and we're like how is
1: this in, at the like, end of the top year 25? it's like always in the top 25 and yeah I'm like, how what what happened why do we do any of this Yeah, exactly and yeah. so like
0: i feel like there's there's this weird boat where like i feel like as long as gta5 is still
1: that like there' in no rush. So to top twenty five Game Boy Advance games is our GTA five. I think it is our GTA five. Yeah, it's our article of the generation. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really thanks, interesting, Gary. Yeah, thanks. Craig. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things we were talking about, like missing from Two K's lineup, is I think everyone is looking for a Destiny like. Yeah, and I think. Ubisoft has sort of found that in a lot of their games of services. Like, I don't think any one of them is as big as Destiny, but I think combined, the games we mentioned, Rainbow Six and Wildlands and Division, can be that. Um, You look at uh, EA seems to be very much wanting to do that with Anthem. Yep. I think that's what Anthem is going to be for EA and BioWare. At least they're attempting for it to be. 100%, yeah. Um, Yeah, you see, like... These sort of thoughtful transactions being added to stuff like uh, Shadow of War and, like, Assassin's Creed 2, where, like, these things are existing in the world. So I think, like, 2K is, like, what's that for us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean— and Which
1: maybe GTA Online is
0: that. Yeah, I mean, GTA Online is the closest they have right now. Like, we don't know a ton about what Red Dead's online mode is. We know it's there. We know it's there, yeah. I would imagine that—I mean, again, Rockstar can kind of do whatever it wants, but I have to imagine they want to just basically— look at the blueprint of what gta online was and Mm -hmm. figure out how it works in red dead and and try and emulate that success yeah
1: completely agree uh, all right so we're wrapping up uh, this portion of the show uh, we rapid fire is a separate thing now that you can uh, watch over on our YouTube channel which is youtubecom slash IGN beyond before we do that we're going to take one of the Facebook questions because it pertains to something coming up this weekend uh, James Rodriguez asked any plans for New York Comic-Con this weekend not us specifically, not us specifically but I wish uh, I want to go back in New York yeah that'd be great <laughs> uh, both Max and Jonathan are going to be there mm-hmm. uh, covering stuff and uh, there's I don't think there's plans for like a meetup or anything so um, there is that we have a big WWE event of some sorts that max is going to be at i don't know what the details of that is but if you look up ign plus wwe new york comic-con maybe there's something like that um yeah yeah, probably but if you're walking around the show floor or uh just new york in general and you see either of them uh, be sure to say hi uh
0: Kirsten Slater who runs our event stuff has been tweeting about it. So yep. number 1 you should find her on Twitter anyway and tell her she's great. And uh, she's great
1: and she's the one who runs all the first Friday stuff here yep. so if you're ever in San Francisco on the first Friday of any month uh, contact her and you should be able to get an office tour and uh meet us and all that stuff. Yep, that's mm-hmm. for you. So yeah, find Kirsten Slater's Twitter, tell her she's great and also she has all the WWE Comic-Con info perfecto uh then the final plug is just yeah our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash ig beyond uh, go there subscribe and if you like those um let's plays that we're doing every week which you know alana's been sort of producing and editing and doing a great job which i've been having a blast with the danganronpa one and the final mm-hmm. fantasy 9 and destiny and we did that too yeah uh, and we have a whole slate of them for the rest of the year including some fun stuff for the end of the year um you know give them a give them a watch give them a like uh just leave a nice comment and and uh yeah if you have any questions or any games you want us to play uh let us know there Uh, Thank you very much. So for Andrew, uh, my name is Marty. This was Beyond Episode 513, and we'll see you next week.